Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective, the legend of the last retrospective, the final book of Legend of Korra. After all these years, we're finally ending the Avatar Retrospective, and after all these years is the first episode of Book 4. Matt is my co-host. How are you today, Matt? <laughs> we op- have a weird opening. <laughs> These openings are getting sweatier and sweatier. <laughs> They're getting strange. I, I, I'm losing steam. But I don't know why. This is a, this is a really good like run of episodes. Yeah, this, the last two seasons of the show are fucking great. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I'm are good. you doing great? No, but who cares? Okay. <laughs> If you're doing great right now, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think I've said that before, but I'm not happy if you're happy right now. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm not doing great, so. You're happy right now? No, no. I said I'm not doing great. Oh, don't okay. worry. Okay. We're good. We're good. I thought, I thought you were trying to be like, I'm happy, but I'm not doing great. And <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> no, I went to... I went to a local beach for the, like the first time in like almost a year, and it was just filled with people. And I'm like, well, it'll be a while before I do that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. The the, the, uh, the joy of everything reopening is gonna be immediately destroyed by the crushing realization that other people will be there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about the first four episodes of Book Four, Legend of Korra, the last book. Uh, you already said one. This. Yeah, I know, but I'm I'm I'm, re- I'm relitigating it so everyone knows. You're because, failing, Diego. Because last season we had the first five episodes, even though the seasons are clearly broken up into three acts from the first four episodes and the middle four episodes and the last five episodes. So I just want to make that clear. I don't know. We're doing what the things f- a little differently this time. I don't know what the fuck Diego's talking about, frankly. Okay. Well, Matt, what did you think about this first episode? It's good. Let's jump into it. It's good. Okay. All right, let's go. We're done. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, I'll, I think it's safe to say all these are actually really good. But Yeah, I think uh, this is the, like I said, I think right when season three kind of starts, it's like from then on, it's it's very solid for the rest of the show. You know, it doesn't have the weird shifts in quality that the first two seasons had. Yeah. Um, wow. Way to, I, way to fucking pin that one back to me. Well, well I'm, I'm gonna s- cut the, the the space in the editing. Yeah, but this will be an invisible cut. I was waiting for a fucking point to be made, and then I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say that uh, when I first saw this season, I was a little disappointed at first. I remembered it being a little slower. Not as interesting, like, thematically. Not as exciting plot-wise. And I still don't think it's as immediately exciting. But there's, like, a lot going on so what you're uh, saying in, in the workings is, of this show. What you're saying is you've always been a moron. What? <laughs> Where is this coming from? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, frankly. Really? Okay, so you you liked this quite a bit from the outset. Yeah. What? What the fuck? Where do you? Where's this coming from? I don't know. Well, I should be asking you this question. No. Yeah, but like, I guess just because the book three is so like viscerally exciting, like that thing is paced like like a a fucking bullet train, you know? 
and this season's not, but it's not trying to, either. Yeah. Like, it's it's juggling a lot of different balls. Take you as long to put that one together? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know where. Uh, it's... What the fuck? It's fine. <laughs> like... No, no, it, no, it, it is good. And I I think that was just it. My, my problem wasn't even like a problem with the show. It was just that I expected something different immediately. Mm-hmm. And we do get something very... different immediately. No, no. I mean, like I, I expected it to be more like fast paced, like, mm-hmm. like the previous season. And this one offers a very different like approach, you know, like three years have gone by. Everyone's in really different places now yeah it's nice catching up with everyone and, and you don't uh, consider that Earth a Kingdom quick start is... to things not like the last season but like it, again it's not an actual problem with the show have you never seen a I... star wars film <laughs> no actually i'm not a big star wars not guy. letting you go on this point <laughs> oh my god <laughs> trying to be honest here I, i'm pouring my heart out <laughs> And this is the thanks I get. Fucking pour it back in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, now now you got to save this because you've derailed it. Hey, is this the first season that was exclusively online? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they did that. Thanks for your input. No, I, I have no idea why they did that. And I guess I don't know why the uh or I don't know whether or not the show will be exclusively online um whenever they have those Avatar studios up and running either. Yeah. Like I presume they're gonna be like on whatever streaming service the Paramount stuff ends up on because I don't think the Paramount streaming service is gonna last much longer. Hey, we will find out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Um, How long has Paramount Plus been up? Paramount Plus started this year. Yeah, but like how long? It used to be CBS All Access. Yeah, but like, I get it. Like, I'll give them them the rebranding as like, all right, that's when you started, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. Okay, so like... No one gives a shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that happened last November. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at like six months. Maybe. <laughs> so what is on Paramount Plus besides Star Trek? Exactly. Don't they also have the new Stand series? Oh, yeah. Like, it's... that's Which just, no one heard about. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, criminal that in a pandemic year, <laughs> the Stand miniseries went completely unnoticed. Ezra Miller's in that. Who the fuck is he? I don't know, because I haven't read The Stand. <laughs> oh, he's Trash Can Man. Yeah, I've I've heard his uh his performance was not well received, well, and that, I'll leave it at that. That's a character that's very difficult to pull off in a way that will not upset people. Yeah, I, I, I had heard. <laughs> he saves the day, though. <laughs> oh, okay. You should read The Stand. Go trash can, man. If you can find a copy of, like, a, like you don't need, like, a first edition, but before the 90s edition of The Stand. Because that's when, like, Stephen King, like, updated it and, like, put in, like, 300 more pages. Oh, okay. It's um, weird. 
Yeah, it's he wanted. I don't know. He was he, the, his editor made him cut it down initially, and he was always like, "I wanted to put all this other shit back in," <laughs> which includes more sexual assault for some reason. <laughs> oh Jesus, Steve. Yeah, um, yeah. Just read the book. It's it's a it's probably the best thing Stephen King ever wrote. Oh wow, I mean, okay. Not my favorite, but it's like kind of like, oh, this guy's up to interesting things, and then I don't know if it ever came back to that. <laughs> it's also the one story where you can get away with the Deus Ex Machina because the whole fucking novel's about that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, read the stand, people. What the what the fuck? All right, but until then, let's catch up with the rest of the characters from Legend of Korra. So there's been a three year jump since the other shit went down. Mako is is not allowed to be a police detective because he has to safeguard the up and coming uh, Prince Wu who's about to be crowned uh, the Earth King. Well, don't we want to talk for maybe two fucking seconds about how this is, like, the biggest time jump I think the series has ever done? Sure, we could talk about that. This is something yeah. that is un- they haven't done yet on the show. <laughs> no, yeah. how many series do this, like, for their last outing? You know, because even, like, Rise of Skywalker doesn't really have a time jump, yeah. it doesn't feel like. Well, it, did, like, did, maybe a couple months, it feels like. Didn't Parks and Rex jump ahead for the last season? <laughs> Oh, yeah, they jump ahead a while. Yeah. And I I thought that worked well as, like, an epilogue season. Remember when Werner Herzog was on Parks and Recs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I know some people don't think that show's aged that well politically, and I totally get it, but that, that show's still very funny. <laughs> that show's funny when I'm watching clips of it on YouTube. <laughs> Aww. I don't know, it would be, I feel like, like, whenever I had one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, I'd like to revisit, like, that, that specific episode, I start thinking about other things in the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I like when the horse died. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's a funny episode. Um, Who is the little Sebastian of Legend of Korra? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but... That you know, might honestly be the toughest point. question you've ever asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have an answer. I've yeah. never contemplated this. <laughs> I don't think many people have. Yeah, but I I think about dumb shit all day because my head's up my own ass all the time. <laughs> all right, so, but well, all I, I was gonna I say is that uh, the three year jump is honestly something I think that maybe if Legend of Korra had either gone on longer or started differently. Uh, would have been something I was more interested in seeing. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen like bigger jumps in time throughout the show, and maybe gone through like a longer stretch of Korra's life. I'd agree with that. Um, at the end of Last Airbender, I felt very satisfied with never revisiting that group of characters again. Yes, and I, I like, like them. The only dearly. people in the Avatar fandom that think that way. Oh, uh, fucking apparently. <laughs> The moment that uh, new thing was announced, everyone was like, finally, Aang and Team Avatar <laughs> will return. I want to see their adventures as adults, and I want to see them get more mature and violent and stuff. And it's yeah. like, you, you, none of these people actually watched the show. I want to, um, I, if the, I did, I would love to see Zuko just mellow out a little bit. Like, go the opposite way. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, where we catch up with him in Legend of Korra, like, he clearly has with old age and stuff like that, so that, yeah. that's, like, a nice touch in this show that 
doesn't get brought up a lot. I think we brought it up last time we were talking. Mm-hmm. We talked um, mostly about how weird the voice casting was. Yeah, but then he's got that one moment, that one moment that brings it all together. Yeah, that that's, that's that, that was a high point. Yeah. Of a of a weird choice. Um but anyways, I'm bringing that up because I I not to spoil my feelings on on the show like finale. Uh if you if you know me, you already know what I think. But I this these are a group of characters that I wouldn't mind seeing again. I don't need to, mm-hmm. but I I think a time jump suits them like really well, and I kind of wish more shows had like the guts to kind of go this route. Yeah, you know, we don't need to see every step of the journey sometimes. You know, well, I think like, with the that? bigger things the show's handling, it would help to kind of be like some of the things should be resolved off page. You know, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this one, one of the big things with this is that at this point now, uh, Republic City has come to terms with all the spirits living there, you know? Which yeah. is something that we didn't, like, need to see every single step of it. We just needed to know that it eventually happened. Mm-hmm. We knew that it was difficult at the outset, but eventually worked itself out. Yeah, it got normalized in a way. And that's a word we're hearing a lot these days. Hey. Getting normalized. Um, we're, and, I mean, that that is kind of like... I don't know how much they intended to do this, but I think that's pretty representative of like how big changes in the real world play out, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, this is really shocking and I don't like it. And then a couple of years go by and for better or for worse, you're like, no, I could probably live with this. And yeah, now we're just the Department of Homeland Security is just a thing. It's not yeah, weird even anymore. though it wasn't like 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, it's just a whole new apparatus that, you know, we could have just made stronger cockpit doors on the plane. But instead, we founded an entire new intelligence agency. Well, as you know, Matthew, the U.S. government loves to give money to its military forces, and that includes the police. Yeah. <laughs> what a great time to be alive. Oh, it's so awful. Well, I was going to say, if you like these characters, you know, there's the comic you could read. Yeah, which I I have not read. The first so. volume of which is called uh, Turf Wars. That's an unfortunate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, uh the first openly bisexual cartoon character spoilers yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe they didn't think that one through they do fight for gay marriage in the comic oh okay like, cool one, i can't remember which kingdom but one of the kingdoms still had a law outlawing gay marriage and i can't remember which one and see, stuff like that makes me more more interested in like what this team's gonna do with like uh, a looser reins yeah. in in the Avatar world because it it is very obvious that they had a lot of troubles uh, with certain ideals of representation in this series yeah. and maybe that's also why it got moved online. You know, because mm-hmm. they were like, we can't have this on here. We'll get complaints. We'll get complaints from parents. And people lying and saying they're teachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just want—I appreciated the time jump. I guess is what I'm ultimately getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, and then it, we get the unfortunate information that everyone is still wishing the Avatar well. Which yeah. Is like, oh hey. <laughs> it's not a great sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you 
like saw the trailers for this because this season also dropped only like a couple months, if only one month after uh, the previous season. That's the other strange thing where it's like, this is the first time they did such a huge time jump other than the jump between, you know, last airbender and legend of Korra. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like it's the first time they've done such a big time jump and it was released in the same year as the previous season. Yeah. It's just that what an odd moment. I don't know, it's weird, was this rushed? Like, I I wish there, I really wish there was some fucking behind-the-scenes documentary about the making of this show. Because you can just feel that it went from, like, it's gonna be the crown jewel of this whole network, to it's now online. (laughs) Like, there's the hype from book one to now it's, like, an exclusive online thing for book four. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like it wasn't like Nickelodeon's schedule was too crowded, <laughs> like in 2014. Yeah. They hadn't th- started doing SpongeBob spinoffs yet. So. Yeah. Uh, and this season, along with Book Three, I think we talked about, but I want to reiterate, has also been like really well received critically. Yeah. Like if you look at like the best of shows of the last decade, like the, these last two seasons are the reason why Cora is like on there, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for a lot of. Uh, websites and such yeah and i i don't know i i figured there would have been like some more like um open discussions about what happened that got the show like pulled off the air essentially right mm-hmm. and and shoved online but maybe because the the creators have gone back and they're like gonna do more stories in this universe maybe those uh those stories are gonna be held off even further now you know like we're not gonna really know what happened until we're like fucking dead. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I don't think it'll take that long, but no. um, uh, you never know. I mean, I think that one thing that's thankful is that there seems to be like a high turnover rate at networks. So, like, once someone's fired, you can just be like, "That guy was the asshole." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, part of the reason we know how horrible things were run at Disney in the '90s because Jeffrey Katzenberg left. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just openly like, "Katzenberg sucked." How's Quibi doing? <laughs> <laughs> what well, it lasted like six months, right? This this retrospective lasted longer than Quibi. Oh, that's great! I feel very proud. Oh, hey, it launched in April of last year, so it's year. Woo! <laughs> 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 Did you know Quibi was founded as New TV? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, don't you get it, Diego? No one watches TV on the TVs anymore. They watch it on their phones. Yeah, everyone says that, but that's never been true. <laughs> yeah, but also, that's like, a, like an observation someone already made in, like, 2010. Like, where the fuck are these people coming from? I mean, these are, like, the rich billionaires that are just, like, completely out of touch with, like, actual human society. I, I think, thankfully, he did not end up joining the Biden administration. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that almost happened, huh? Yeah. Hope Quibi had something to do with it. <laughs> I really hope. I hope it was just like, like we can't have the Quibi guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never hear the end of it. Don't worry, he gave less than 1% of his income to Republicans. Oh, oh, in that case. It's fucking I mean, miserable. political, all right, I should stress. He gave... <laughs> he gave uh, political contributions 33% to 
went to Democrats. 66% went to unnamed special interest groups. Oh, and that's always a good sign. And went to Republicans. Maybe we should Anyways. talk about Citizens United a little bit. <laughs> and which party directly benefited from it. Anyways, let's talk about the new character, Prince Wu. You want to talk about normalization? Talk about fucking... <laughs> we, we act like the money that goes to politicians is, like, always how it's been. And it's like, no, it really actually changed radically within our lifetimes. Yeah. But hey, Trump will fix all of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a businessman, Diego. No. He's, he's, got, he's got business instincts. <laughs> he's going to run this country like a business. Successful businesses mm. like WorldCom and Enron. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Prince Wu. Prince Wu, he sucks. He does, which is why he's the perfect pairing for Mako. Yeah. And I will say he's obnoxious and it's intentional and it still is a little maybe too obnoxious. <laughs> I don't know. He's, royal, he's royalty. Like, I, I think I get what they're going for with him. Oh, no, totally. Um, Could he- but it... it you know, less is more. I think, I think. it's all a build-up to that one scene when he realizes he's not going to have the big ceremony that he wants. Mm-hmm. Like, as once he starts pouting about that, it's really actually very funny. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, he's Prince Cusco. That's what he is. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Not although, a dig. Although Cusco was literally like, I'm going to destroy your house, John Goodman, so I could build a pool. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's more... <laughs> I wouldn't say empathetic, but he's he more likable. old man out a window. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Throw off the Emperor's Groove. I saw that in theaters, man. I did too. But I remember the trailers being like, you know, that moment where the old man's like, beware the groove. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that leaving a big impression on me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can there's, still see it. Like, there's like, no, <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a more 90s title than the Emperor's New Groove. So, of course, it was released in, like, 2003. (laughs) Like, that feels straight out of the 90s, and, of course, the Walt Disney Company released it in 2003. (laughs) Um, But I I, I like this guy, even though he is obnoxious. And I like that Mako has to deal with him, because now Mako has to deal with someone who sucks. He's not a... Mako, I'm talking about now... He doesn't really suck too much here. He now. doesn't. He doesn't totally, but he does suck at one very specific thing that we'll get to. <laughs> okay, it's a big moment for me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, the prince is arrogant, and he's not really handling any of the Earth Kingdom stuff. Even though the Earth Kingdom last season fell into complete anarchy mm-hmm. because they killed the queen. Yeah, and he reminds the audience very well with a very dramatic performance. Yeah. Which, which I liked. So I guess he was not close with his aunt. <laughs> no, but to be fair, to be I, fair, I don't was, think anyone wanted to be close to her. She was throwing children in prison. <laughs> yeah. Not saying, you know, what is the quote where it's like, I've looked forward to a few obituaries. <laughs> like, I've never heard anyone <laughs> dead, but... But yeah, you know, no one misses her. Yeah. Is the point we're making. Except for, uh... uh what is it, Mako and Boleyn's grandmother or whatever? She's oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but you brought up that Prince Wu was not helping to unite the Earth Kingdom. That uh, that responsibility is on the shoulders of Kuvira, who is now called the Great Uniter, as she is reuniting the Earth states, as they're called, um, for Prince Wu, quote unquote. And uh, really, she's she's getting a bunch of people to like bend the knee to her, yeah. So she can become the ruler of the Earth Kingdom. Well, we don't know, we don't totally know that yet in the first episode, but you can um, you, you, you can you, maybe you get tell, the sense real quick. You can maybe tell by how she stares at a map of the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> she gives off very strong um, fascist vibes. Yeah, and uh, she does basically threaten to leave um, that one state to, like, wither and die yeah. <laughs> without oh, her. Fuck that. She threatens to leave those bandits stuck to a railroad track until a train oh, yeah. comes. <laughs> yeah. Unless they specifically swear fealty to her, not the Earth Kingdom, <laughs> to her. Mm-hmm. So, she's got, she's got some problems. She's got some problems, and uh, uh, also voiced... By Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda Williams. Yeah, and, she and she's really job. good. She's great. Um, did she has mm. she done any more work? Um, since then, like nothing as high profile as this. And we're just saying how this this season like got swept under the rug. So mm-hmm. kind of tells you uh, all you need to know. But I know she's still working. She just she's not a like a, a household name or anything. Mm-hmm. I saw her once. Oh, like in person? Yeah, uh, at a thing that Neil Gaiman was at. Uh, he was being interviewed by Patton Oswalt, I think. This was, like, years ago. And, uh, then they, they read a bit from, uh, American Gods, and she came out and, like, did a part in it. Hmm. It was interesting. <laughs> it's, uh, do you know American Gods? I do know of American Gods. I've never read American do Gods. Do you know of that one really interesting scene that happens in American Gods? No. Okay, well, people, I think know what I'm talking about. It's very early in the book, and it's very early on the TV show, and that was the scene they read. And it was interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, Neil Gaiman seems to read that thing a lot, because I've also heard other things with him where they read specifically that chapter. And I guess because it does, that's a chapter with a very uh, distinct beginning, middle, and a very uh, specific end. <laughs> um, but... Interesting when you're in a room full of people. <laughs> okay, should I read American Gods? Oh yeah, yeah. I would. I would recommend. I mean, I read it in high school and I liked it. Yeah. So okay, I, I like Neil Gaiman still. Like, yeah. uh, I, I didn't read Stardust until like recently, and it's fantastic. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's good. Solid. Um, mm. Watch the first season of the show. It's really good. And it, does it, it end on a cliffhanger though? Ends on I a cliffhanger. Yeah, I can't um, do it then. And. It's fine. It's it's totally worth it. Because it's like, the show, very smartly, was mostly like a bunch of vignettes, you know? Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like very episodic. And, oh, uh, okay, okay. And then it's kind of like, there is like a big cliffhanger moment of like, okay, this is what the show is going to be about now. And then you don't need to watch anything else. <laughs> oh, I, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So... Very unfortunate yeah, very, production very history with that show. Unfortunate. What's up? Shout dude? out to our Orlando Jones though for yeah. really fucking people up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. For them telling him to tone down the one trait of his character. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, "These are the assholes that got me fired from the show." So, mm-hmm. king shit. What the fuck is with Brian Fuller though? 
I, I think he's just very particular. I need answers. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's an asshole. I don't think he's an asshole because everyone who works with him loves working with him. Yeah. Know? But then again, I, and this is not to draw the same comparison, but I heard nothing but good things about Joss Whedon until like five years ago, you know? And then those started snowballing into other things. That is not to say Brian Fuller is like Joss Whedon. I'm just yeah. saying we never know these people. Well, the fact that it seems like the entire cast of Hannibal is like, we'll do another season whenever it's ready like yeah yeah that's a good that sign all like that kind of like makes me hopeful um mm-hmm. whereas Jess Whedon kind of had a weird track record of only working with select people again and then it's a lot never at all again <laughs> I was like the Brian Fuller keeps putting Eddie Izzard in things <laughs> oh yeah anytime Eddie Izzard shows up I feel good she's great who should she play in Avatar I feel like she should be in something oh oh fuck an original character. An original character, but, uh, fuck. She should just play, uh, Mr. Kite from the fucking, uh, Across the Universe movie. Oh my god. <laughs> and just perform the, a Beatles song. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, well we could have the Avatar version of the Beatles in the future. Right? Because eventually they'll move up to more modern times if they continue. Now that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, never know. You never know. But if they're if like the next season was them like whatever the new iteration of Team Avatar is running around like it's a hard day's night, that might actually be kind of fun. But here, let, let let's get back on track a little bit. What about the so... monkeys? <laughs> I like the monkeys. Yeah, I like the monkeys too. What yeah. The fuck? I saw their show on a TV land all the time hmm. when I was home from school. Hey, hey, little monkeys. Huh? And hey, little monkey around. I still remember. Their movie is fucking great. I've never seen it. You've never seen Head? No. Oh, you gotta check Head out. Alright, fine. Jack Nicholson wrote it. <laughs> what? Yeah, he co-wrote it. It's the monkeys being like, fuck you, to, like, their entire image. Oh, okay. And it's, like, a real, like, because they were kind of, like, sick of being, you know, kind of, like, the manufactured, the first, like, manufactured boy band, kind of. So they, like, they got a movie where, like, they let them do whatever they want, and it bombed horribly. (laughs) Oh. But it's a great movie. Everyone check out Head. (laughs) This is probably getting cut. Well, the people who hear this, check out Ed. (laughs) Uh, But with Kuvira are Bolin, Varric, and Julie, and they're helping her to unite the Earth Kingdom. Uh, I don't think any of them realize how bad (laughs) their jobs actually are, though. Yeah. I don't know. They all seem like the type of idiots that would accidentally get behind a fascist. Oh, no, no, totally. And there's a... I wanted to say interesting discussion between Bolin and Mako later, but it's not really interesting. It's just kind of insightful, <laughs> I'll mm. say. Um, yeah, because Bolin's a little bit of an airhead. And Varric, for all his technological brilliance, and really that comes from Julie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's um, th- th- these aren't the brightest bulbs, you know. Uh, and also Kuvira has uh, her now fiancé with her, uh, Batar Jr., who is... Uh, what the fuck? Opal's Opal's brother. Yeah, because he got that whole big Bayfong family now. Real fun guy. 
Real fun, yeah. Yeah, a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not like an exciting character, but like he doesn't need to be, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, it, it, it kind of makes sense that he followed his first girlfriend into a fascist dictatorship. <laughs> I, I never considered that. <laughs> he was looking for a replacement mother figure and found a Hitler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to All shout right, out... Alright, like, not a Hitler. I'll just... I'll give her that. She's not <laughs> a Hitler. But... She is a fascist. Um... We'll go... Let's put a pin in that until the next time She's, we record. I guess, yeah. There's some stuff that happens. Yeah. <laughs> things happen. But I, happen. I do want to... <laughs> what? Things happen on the show. Things do. I want to shout out just how, like, efficient this, this uh, season opener is at, like, catching us up with everyone though because it's immediately you understand like not just that people have grown apart because they're growing up but also like maybe how they've grown apart mm-hmm. and like how hard it is to like actually keep in touch with people that you grew up with because you know it's, it's not like a, a bad thing all the time but when you grow up you're not going to keep that same group of friends like of for the rest of your life probably mm-hmm. that's very rare that that happens. There should be a uh, an episode of one of these Avatar shows that's just like the movie Old Joy. I missed that one. Oh, you haven't seen Old Joy? <laughs> no. It's kind of about like two old friends like trying to reunite and like you know <laughs> when your lives are both going in different directions. Hmm. Um. So it's an interesting watch. Hmm. From uh, what's your name? The woman who did First Cow. Oh, um... It's like her second movie. Oh, okay. Well, like, I gotta watch it now. Because mm-hmm. I love that first cow. <laughs> and certain How many women... times have you heard that? <laughs> love that first A lot. cow. <laughs> A lot. Because everyone loves first cow. Yeah. Remember when that was, like, the movie everyone was excited for and then the world fell apart? Yeah, that was a bummer. <laughs> I mean, it was never going to be a huge hit, but... What was fun to see in the theater, though. Um, I feel like we're we're struggling moving on from the first episode. I almost want to just hop around a little bit. Because um, you gave me a good segue, but I, I could hold on to it if you want. Um, well, does this work as a segue? They're on a hyperloop. <laughs> there's a new train in town. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a new train that they've built. And I, I think it's supposed to be a metaphor for for Progress. It's like so it's the like railroad. It's like a double-edged sword. It's like the man trying to build his railroad, and Atlas shrugged. Or was it a woman? I don't remember. <laughs> I I haven't read Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged's about railroads. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a scene. Atlas Shrugged has a page where a guy gives a page a speech that goes on for fifty pages. Oh Jesus Christ! So you could you could read that, or you could read Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I got no way of bringing this back. I'm just going to... Oh, they throw pies at the Earth King. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, Well, I, I honestly just... think that's important because uh, I think this show does something that kid shows... I can't think of another kid show that did this where there's a very clearly evil, very uh, fascist character who is currently everyone's friend but is very clearly going to have a heel turn at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've watched even five minutes of television, you know this is coming. <laughs> but uh, I can't think of another kid show that is like also this evil character is very popular among people who are uh, not overtly evil people. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another kids show that did that. Kids shows or any of the big like franchise stuff right now. Yeah, like I don't know. I was gonna say like, well, you know, like in the Last Jedi, but no, no. Uh, love that movie, but that's not what that film's tackling. And yeah. Kylo Ren is very specifically the bad guy. Yes. You know. And no um, one likes him. Even and no one likes him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are specifically bad examples because all the villains hate each other in those movies. And that's why I like that. But I will say huh. not to hype up like expanded universe books, but it is fun reading some of the expanded universe stuff that is told from the perspective of people living in the Empire and then, like, not realizing Darth Vader's an evil person. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't really get that perspective in the film because they're films and they have to contain a certain amount of, like, story, yeah. right? And, like, that's fine. Totally fine. I'm not asking them to change the original trilogy. <laughs> um, but with these newer stories, you do want to start interrogating, like, this iconography in a way, you know? Yeah. Now, like, she is, like helping some people, well, yeah, you know, like mostly her the, own people. We but get the still. big moment of her taking that town where it's very, like, the guy, the, the fucking governor is like, hey, I know you just want this town because you want the iron ore, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not doing this for altruistic reasons, but she's positioned herself in a way where it's like, well, the only way you're going to get food for these people is if you sign up with me. And all the people are very happy when she shows up with food. Yeah. Like, we know, you know she's not doing this for good reasons, but we see why people are, like, getting behind her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get this yeah. prince who's just fucking acting like a boob in public. And... Yeah, and, and no one likes him. Because, yeah. like, why should they, you know? I mean, it's... I'm just saying it's very interesting. I, I You know, for a kid show to be like, this is how people can get behind fascists. It's not, it's, at no point is it saying she is a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not even making an argument that, like, you know... This is something I could say about Falcon and the Winter Soldier very specifically, where it's like, oh, you know, they're evil, but they have a point, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, she's, she, she's doing this for bad reasons. <laughs> it's just, she's positioned herself in a way where people need her and rely on her. Yeah. And it's this uh, approach that, like, remains really interesting on Rewatch with, like, Legend of Korra, is that it understands these power dynamics, even when... Like, the political waters of it get a little murkier, you know? Where it's like, there may be some red flags popping up here. But, like, the intent and, like, the the way they go about, like, exploring it in the episodes, it's not, like, misguided, I guess. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, and I mean, later in one of these episodes, and that was a segue I was going to use, but I'll hold on to it a little longer. Uh, Later in these episodes, there's a discussion about, like, yeah, like, these people's ideas were maybe not bad, but they were out of balance, and that's why it's... Like, it's, it's not just, like, hand-waving um, the villain's, like, ideology away. Yeah. It's, and I think that's the big difference. It's definitely got some, like, unfortunate Obama-era trappings, you know? Oh, no, yeah, where yeah. Where it's like, you know, bipartisanship is the answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. Thankfully, not a ton, but a little bit. But, it, like, you know, it still goes farther than you would expect a kid's show to go. Which yeah, I guess and is President Reiko is still not, like, a good guy. Yeah, he's, see. like, not a bad guy, but yeah. he is constantly playing his own political games, and he's being called out by the characters in the, in the series, you yeah. know, for that. I do like that there's been this shift. This is something that is very true, where it's, like, everyone's kind of hated Korra up to this point. And, like, the last season was all about how she had, like, such a low approval rating. 
Meanwhile, so then she gets hurt and says disappeared from public life for three years, and now everyone's suddenly like, hey, we can't wait for her to come back. Like, mm -hmm. they're suddenly rewriting history to be like, we've always liked her. Yeah. And that <laughs> feels very uh, prescient, I guess, yeah. you know. And to compare to another franchise yet again, that reminds me a lot of BVS and Snyder's Justice League. A little bit, I guess, yeah. Like with the Superman thing, you know, where it's like, oh, fucking Superman and his bullshit and he's saving these people but not these people. That's why we have to tell him who to save. And then everyone's like, oh, Superman's gone. That's sad. You know? I think that was more just Batman being an asshole. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Who I mean, that... there... Who was the guy in the wheelchair that got blown up in that movie? <laughs> Scoot McNary. Yeah, Scoot McNary gets blown up in a wheelchair. Um, he seemed to have a problem <laughs> with uh, with Superman, but that's a the outside world doesn't seem to exist in those movies a lot of the time. <laughs> no, no, there's that whole uh, montage sequence when he's going around saving people when and he's then, standing like... by cardboard cuts out, cutouts of people. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like, you know. A little. There, there's, there's more going on there. I, I want to give that its credit. Sure. <laughs> um, but speaking of of Cora, do you want to just jump into that and we'll move on? For this oh yeah. Episode? Well, the big twist at the end of the episode is that uh, Cora has been missing for six months and no one really knew it. She lied about going to live in Republic City, and, and she's. Doing she's, cage matches. She's bare knuckle cage boxing match. people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, and... it's like the movie Creed when he's going down to Mexico to fight. <laughs> it kind of is. Remember how good Creed was? Creed's so fucking great. Creed's so fucking good. Yeah, and Creed 2 is like solid, but Creed 1 is so fucking unbelievably good. Yeah, and I know some people maybe have gotten like a little uh, colder on it, especially after Creed 2 and Stallone being Stallone in recent years. No, 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 no. I, I've been saying since that came out, Stallone should have won the Oscar. Yeah. That's nothing about the person, but he's so good in that. Fuck the Oscar. Because the rest of the saying, movie elevates him. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not defending the movie. I'm defending myself, which is <laughs> I'm Italian and I'm from Philly. <laughs> so I'm legally required to cry at the end of Creed every time. No, no. Creed, Creed is, I would say it's arguably the best Rocky. And I can just share movie. it whenever I want on Twitter. With no context, I can share the ending of Creed. It's just... Um, that's the message I'm, I have to send to the world as an Italian-American. <laughs> okay. But yes, like Creed, like Adonis <laughs> Creed, Cora is trying to prove something to herself. Uh, and I would say she doesn't even know what she's trying to prove to herself anymore mm -hmm. because she's clearly lost in the world. And we catch up with her in Chapter 2, Cora Alone, where we see how Cora has been slowly recovering from the damage that Zaheer and the Red Lotus inflicted on her. And it's like months at a time where she can't even like stand up still or yeah. walk or like stretch her legs, nothing. Which is, and it's I, like, again, another interesting thing to see from a show like this, um, where a character gets that injured. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was even, I've been rewatching Dragon Ball Z lately and like there's, Goku gets fucked up on that and then they like put him in like a magic bed. And, like, he'll stay in the magic bed for a little bit, but they don't really show the, like, hard parts of physical therapy. <laughs> and as someone who's just gone through physical therapy, I appreciated seeing that on this show. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it, this this one, I'm not going to lie, this is really hard to watch because mm -hmm. it's just so, like, depressing. Yeah. 
Like, it, not just because I, I like the Korra character. Like, it is just hard to watch someone who's, like, been so broken, like, physically and, like, emotionally and psychologically. You know, like, they're... It, it, it is so sad to see them, like, have to go through this. And uh, it, when you get, like, that depressed, even if you have, like, a, a wonderful support system like Korra did, like, it doesn't make her feel not alone, you yeah. know? It's it's hard to get well, out of that hole. I can just speak from experience with just all my medical issues, and, and it's a terrible fucking feeling when your body is all fucked up, and you're kind of like, you're going, you're either stuck for a little bit, which happens, you know, you kind of end up in a place where it's like, all right, I'm sick in bed for however long, or you're moving a lot slower than everyone, which happens as well. And it's, you know, you can, everyone will be like, look, go at your own pace. Everyone will say the right things. All your friends will be like, you know, we're all waiting, we're all counting on you. But it's hard to do when everyone else is still moving at their own speed to suddenly just be like, to end up in like, to watch everyone progressing basically ahead of you you know even if you're not like competing right mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's uh it takes a psychological toll i guess is the word to use yeah uh, uh i have not experienced uh physical health issues like that but i have had my severe dealings with depression and it, it is just crushing like it there's it feels like there's almost like no escape you know it feels like there's a big fog yeah hanging over everything and just kind of see that like handled i think very appropriately on a kid's show like this i i, I think is is like a great message you know well, like representation can only like carry you so far but it is nice to see depression is just so fucking evil because it makes you so tired even though you're not doing anything <laughs> yeah like it just it it that's what drives me nuts about it like it'd be one thing if depression made me fucking miserable, but it also just it it makes you like so fucking tired, mm-hmm. and uh, it's awful. Especially especially when it's just like you know it's like at least when I was going for my physical stuff, I had like a physical thing I could point to, and that's like yeah. hey you know. But if it's if it's depression, it's a lot harder to articulate that with people. Um, it's a good it's a nice way to slow it down. Um. They do the wiggle your big toe thing. <laughs> yeah. Which, here's the thing. I don't know enough about movies, because, like, that's... My mind immediately goes to Kill Bill, right? Mm-hmm. As I assume it goes to most people. But, like, Tarantino's always taking stuff from other movies, so is he taking that from something that I just can't think of? Uh, Maybe, but I also think that's just, like, a genuine, like, doctor thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, maybe I'm fucking wrong when I hear, like, getting well, them... from, like, one of my doctor friends or something. <laughs> I've had them, like, I've had surgeries, and, like, after surgery, they're like, all right, show us that you can wiggle your feet, and then you do that, and then they're like, all right, good enough. And that's <laughs> it, but that's about it. This was something we, I, I forgot to bring up, but you know uh, Serena Williams had another cameo on the show? Oh, wait, really? Yeah, like, it's, like, one line in the episode when Cora loses her memory. Oh, I did not know that. And she's one of the people who's like, we found the Avatar, but she doesn't know who she is, or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, that... To get all, like, super fandom nerdy then. Mm. That must be the great-granddaughter of the character from the previous season. Of the one good prison guard. Yeah. <laughs> See, they're good cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 
And to be fair, the fucking the Fire Nation was fucked up, so... Yeah, no. You, did, no. you worked with what you had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that she was even nice, yeah. you know? Oh, oh, uh, this is another thing that I really loved, and we obviously didn't get to explore a lot because book three was more in the Earth Kingdom. Um, when we see Korra in wheelchair bound, like by the cliff, looking out in the cliffs, we're back to that again, which does not bode well for her mental state, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's also that, like, that weird, not like a fountain, but it's like a temple where she started healing people at the end of book one. And now she's there unable to be healed herself. But there's also like those Ghibli like spirits, you know, hanging around now. And there's like spirit mushrooms and life and... I just found that really interesting where it's like she's done so much good and she's now like she can't even like she doesn't feel like she can even help herself. And that mm-hmm. makes it even like sadder to me. Yeah. I don't know. I just really like that image a lot this time. All right. We have to talk about my favorite moment of the episode, mm-hmm. um, which is Cora's getting letters from everyone as she's recovering to kind of help boost her confidence. They seem to be doing the opposite of that. <laughs> But, um, and also I can speak from experience. I totally get why <laughs> that's all. Yeah. You know, you're pulled between that, like wanting people to reach out and also anytime anyone reaches out, not wanting to talk to them. But, mm-hmm. um, we find out in one of these letters that Mako sucks at writing letters. <laughs> okay. This is the moment. Yes. <laughs> it might be one of the biggest laughs I had. Where Mako, like, starts his letter in the best way possible, where it's just like, I'm not good at writing letters, which is what you always want to do. Because that's basically telling your friend that you're writing this under duress. Um, But uh, then he's like, eh, the sun's up. It's two o'clock. The wind is, you know, it's a good temperature. But enough joking around. (laughs) That killed me. That That was really funny. Yeah, I liked uh, the moments with the, the letters, too. Also, Asami's um, letter is very uh, friendly. Very friendly. Very yeah, there, friendly. There might be different... There's, there's a different relationship between the two than there is with Bolin and Mako. Yeah. And I think it's more than just a gender dynamic thing, too. Mm. You know, because, like, Mako and, and Korra and Asami have all obviously settled... They're ridiculous nonsense from each other. It doesn't help that Bolin's a clown and Mako sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, Mako's definitely gotten better, but he's still he's still Mako. <laughs> yeah, he still he still is who he is. But uh, everyone's matured in their own way and kind of they're moving on and growing and uh, kind of growing apart and that. That doesn't feel good for Korra in that no. moment, and I thought I thought they did a really good job of conveying that for her too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, Katara also helps her through her her physical trauma therapy too, and I I really like that because hey, if if her and Zuko are around, maybe give them more stuff to do, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I always have a problem with like old characters coming back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which. Uh, Maybe gives a hint of my feeling of how this episode ends, <laughs> but uh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, it makes Katara makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Katara's kind of she's always been that figure in the Avatar's life, you know. Yeah, actually, that's a little strange. That's a little strange. 
Why? Well, cause, like, you know, Tara goes from being, like, the friend to girlfriend to wife, and now that the Avatar has died, now she's basically a mother figure to uh, the next Avatar. It's a little strange. It's a little weird. It's yeah. a little strange. A little strange. It's different. It's very different. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, awful. I'm just saying it's strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Definitely whatever, different. Know. Uh, maybe, maybe if it wasn't a kid show, we could explore some of the deeper things going on there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think, no, kid... I think the the reason it's weird is the reason it's also kind of touching in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the relationships are very well defined, but it it is also like part of Katara will always care about Korra regardless, just because that is along with her kids like another connection to the guy she spent her life with. You know, which again is strange, but. In a way, also touching. Yes. I don't know. It's it's odd. It's an odd situation. You might want to cut the next thing I'm about to say. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I want you to go to the Wikipedia page for post-traumatic stress disorder and look at the picture. The Wikipedia page, you say? Yeah, for post-traumatic stress disorder. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, why? Who picked that? Art therapy project created by, by a U.S. Marine. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, I understand. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that, art That therapy. makes it better. Still it's still not pick for the first one. Yeah. You don't want to go with something more scientific? Yeah, something maybe you want to put, like, a little further down. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, my, my, my friend and or relative has PTSD. I need to learn as much as I can. I'll go to Wikipedia. And then this is the first image you get. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't have that be the first Yeah, one. I'm not Why saying... Why not, like, a, a not group s- therapy picture or something, you know? Yeah, group therapy or, you know, maybe, like, go, like, maybe show something medical. Because sometimes people show up to these things and try to act like this PTSD doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people that think PTSD doesn't exist probably have a very low opinion of art therapy. <laughs> yeah. So... Interesting huh. choice. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pr- pretty interesting is what you could say. Not a not not a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's uh Yeah, that's uh wow. Interesting interesting choice. They also have the statue of the three Vietnam servicemen for some reason. Uh Cora eventually tricks her friends and family and uh and, and loved ones pool. and people that and the only people on earth yeah. that care about her. Yeah, she tricks him into thinking she's going back to Republic City a little earlier than intended for the coronation. Uh, but in reality, she is just going to continue isolating herself. And this is another very, like, very heavy, I would argue, very realistic depiction of depression. Because even when it looks like you're getting better, you know, it's always an uphill battle. And it's mm-hmm. very easy to kind of backslide, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe backslide is the wrong word. I don't know. Um, depression's weird and complicated. Depression, but... it, it's it's just it's very tricky to deal with, and you do things that you think help, and it just makes things worse. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's 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 hard to navigate, and there's no clear cut answers. Yeah. So. Oh, we we get this little spirit buddy along the way too. She sees a little spirit buddy in the desert mm-hmm. that I really like, and then there's a whole thing with the dog, and it's the spirit buddy helping her out again. And she's getting haunted by this image of herself from the fight with Zaheer. Yeah, 
herself in the avatar state. Mm-hmm. And uh, she eventually gets lost in the swamps and basically gets swallowed up by her depression, uh, which is a scary image. Mm-hmm. But then she wakes up and is safe in the little hut of Yoda. <laughs> Yoda Bayfong. What about interesting that's... if it was just Frank Oz? <laughs> Frank Oz should just do that. He should just pop up in like other original material. Like if he Frank Oz showed out. up and gave me advice, I would take it. Yeah. Hey Matt, how you doing? No, <laughs> not great, Frank Oz. Not great, Frank Oz. <laughs> not great. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Oz as a Toph Beifong consoles Cora for the next episode. Just kidding. Toph Beifong appears very sweet at the end of the episode she appears in for the first time. And then in chapter three of the coronation, she's like, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Which which I, which felt very much uh, in line with the Toph we knew. She does call call Cora Twinkle Toes, which is nice to hear. Yeah, it's very sweet. Because, you know, Toph, Toph has a tough exterior. A Toph exterior. Hey! Uh, but uh, but a heart of gold. All right, but she's still a grumpy old lady. Here's the question that Toph appearing raises. What <laughs> stupid <laughs> thing? <laughs> I can't even I thought it was just going to be just what? <laughs> um... What a stupid thing did Sokka do that got himself killed? Because <laughs> literally everyone other than Aang outlived him. I bet he tried to invent something. You know what I, I think? What? Boomerang, you came... Ah! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's awful to say. Why'd you say it, Diego? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... He probably tried to invent something and then it got himself killed. <laughs> just, he just blew himself up. I want, yeah, because it's I a little bit believe... like doesn't one of the Transformers, the later Transformers film, imply that Sam Witwicky died? Yeah, it. Yes, I, I won't go into detail because then I'll be here all day explaining the mechanics of Transformers Five. But the mechanics yes, of the Transformers. Yeah. What are you, Michaela Bay? <laughs> Anyways, Michael Bay really uh, did a movie with a female character named Michaela Bay. Is that really her last name? I believe so. I could have just made that up in my head. Don't trust yeah, anything you, I say. You you might have. Let me see. Michaela Baines. Close enough. I'll give you that one. Still, still odd. It, it's very odd. Yeah. Who picked Sam Witwicky as a name? Who picked Who picked Witwicky? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Is that from uh, the cartoon? I didn't watch the cartoon. I, I missed the boat, and I feel like I'm not missing out. Yeah, same. Yeah. I saw I like that robots though. I saw the like the weird like anime reboot they kind of did. Um, Transformers Cybertron or whatever it was called, or Energon or something. Mm. That was one where they basically Starscream in that version was very much like the Kylo Ren of the series, oh. the the emo sad boy, the Seto Kaiba of the series. Are you familiar with Beast Wars? Yes, I am. I I've only seen some of it though. Yeah, same. But I remember like wanting to watch that because it's robot dinosaurs. 
And then I think my mom or dad, and because that's how that's old it is, and I was that young. Yeah, it was on TV, and I guess it got really violent. And they're like, "Yeah, you can't watch that." Aww. <laughs> so, yeah. What about Zoids? I have no idea what that is. Anyone remember Zoids? <laughs> Anyways, hit, hit, so hit I, me I'm up getting the if impression. You remember Zoids? I'm getting the impression you're not a fan of Toph's reappearance. Though, oh no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I actually I like Toph coming back. It's just I, I'm a little like not a fan of just that they're all here. Like I kind of mm-hmm. wanted that this to be like the next chapter. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. but whatever. If they're gonna uh, be here, they're gonna be here. Yeah, um, I get I, I it, like, really the big thing for me is just that it does raise a lot of questions about Sokka. <laughs> I I never thought about that until you brought it up, which is sad and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> uh, but no, I I think we're on the same page with that. We we've definitely had discussions about maybe too many stories continuing beyond their expiration date, and maybe yeah. too many characters coming back to like they they almost take away from the stories of. The new characters they're trying to introduce. That was definitely a problem with, like, the Star Wars Expanded Universe when that was around, you know? I guess this is a weird philosophical question in some way. But, uh... I feel like if I had a friend who was my closest friend in life, and they died, and then they were reincarnated as another person... (laughs) I would try to be at least a, a, a part of that person's life. Uh, I I think they all were in some capacity, even before um, they were reintroduced, right? Because like Zuko is is later referred to as like being there from like when Korra was a young girl, right? And they had a they they'd known each other from when she was younger and training at the South Pole. I don't know if Toph did. She seems like this is the first time she's met Toph. Yeah. Although, uh, Toph is actually the one I could totally see flaking. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 I think it, it, it all tracks, but it, it, it does, unfortunately, like, it is a problem with a lot of modern franchise stuff where they're like, well, we got to bring back the fan favorites. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I want all the fan favorites to die now so mm-hmm. I never have to see them again. Yeah. That's not always true, but I definitely have have become much more strict with what I want to see in franchise stuff. I'll say that. I understand. Believe me, I understand. (laughs) Um, But I I like Toph in this a lot, and I like that she's still grumpy, and she's only gotten grumpier, Mm -hmm. and she's also gotten a little wiser. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Here's a very fun, funny thing. Uh, so I've had a couple relatives, and even my mom ha- has, has finally sat down to watch the show. And everyone, I think I brought it before, I had other friends that watched it too, everyone loved this and Last Airbender. A lot of them equally. And even if they didn't, it wasn't like a huge shift in quality, right? Mm-hmm. But almost universally across the board, when everyone found out that Toph had a a larger family, <laughs> I guess I'll say, they were like, Toph! <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> I guess you just don't, because we only knew her as like a little little like girl. She's like eleven or something. Yeah. She's like the youngest one in the group, and so it is just like a it's a literal world of difference from that to where we end up in Legend of Korra season four. And I just I, guess, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, it makes sense. But Toph seems exactly like the one that would have had that life. <laughs> yeah, she. 
she's a free spirit, you know? Yeah. She doesn't, like, want to be held down and, and like, mm. stuck in one place for very long. Uh, and maybe that's probably uh, on definitely on her for becoming a mother then. Yeah, maybe know? didn't make her the greatest mother on Earth, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God damn, how did she find time between pregnancies to do half the shit she was up to? Well, I, I don't remember if I brought it up, but, like, the joke in the fandom was that, like, oh, Toph just, like, created them. <laughs> like, like, out of the earth. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> I can totally see it. <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a revelation I would like to find out. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, like, as a joke, that's hilarious yeah. to me. But, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and, of course, we cut back to Prince Wu's coronation in Public City. Oh, yeah. And... Good old Kavira is like, actually, I, I want to will before, not. I want to say before we get to that, uh-huh. um, there's kind of these talks where it's like, oh, Kavira's here, and you know, there's some talk that she might, you know, she might be difficult in relinquishing power. And the president literally pulls a fascism is against the rules. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, once she steps down, everything will be good. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, Matt. It's illegal for Donald Trump to not concede the election. Yeah. It's 2021, and he still hasn't really done that. <laughs> well, I like that he actually did break crimes, and we tried to impeach him twice, and the Democrats at both times were like, ah, who cares? <laughs> like, so... Hmm. It's like, we can't we... do it while he's in office. And then later it was like, well, he's not even in office. So why do it? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking spineless. Country's run by great Fuck. people. It's it's really bad, and it's all going to blow up in all of our faces. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, anyway, on a lighter note. Anyway, uh, Kamala, I mean Kuvira. Uh, she is a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I like yeah. it. <laughs> I like we get a girl boss villain for the final season. Yeah, and apparently that was a big, um, not sticking point, but like that, that was a big part of designing the last season is that they really wanted to craft a female villain that wouldn't just be like a physical opponent to Korra, but like they'd be able to explore like how how people can come to power and like how they could inspire good, but power can like change you, you know, you well, can come like, from a good place, but it doesn't mean you're going to be ending up in a good place either. We've talked about all these villains kind of being reflections of Korra. And this is the one season though where Bolin like straight up just goes, Kuvera is basically just like Korra. <laughs> I think is the actual quote. Yeah. I want to say, I think it's really great though that, uh, the 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 fascist girl boss um, came out of basically a hippie commune, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like she lived a very privileged lifestyle, and that's kind of what made her more susceptible to fascism. Mm-hmm. I really like that choice specifically. Um, it's a little Star Wars prequely, where the the Jedi hippie bunch is like very easily turned into a tool of the state. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I never drew that line. Um, in, in the Star Wars prequels, yes, but not to this. But that's interesting, yeah. And Although, to, also, to be uh, fair, we do catch up with the Star Wars prequels, like, where they are in the timeline. Uh-huh. They've already become tools of the state, and we don't really get to see them uh, be too hippy-dippy. You know, like, that almost sounds like a criticism. Uh- <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, like, Qui-Gon is, like, the most open-minded one. And then he dies, and no one liked him. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I the, the Star Wars prequels are a lot. Yeah, it it doesn't all work, but there's interesting stuff. Yeah, I think it's just it's like it's 
George Lucas violently trying to reclaim the Star Wars series as a political manifesto. <laughs> and hey, good for him. Yeah. Um, she also mentions that technology and innovation is what's going to drive the future. Which is not uh, great. <laughs> well, you know, she'd be a big fan of Silicon Valley. I know, she totally would. Yeah, not she's the show. Like, she's but... literally <laughs> invading the like equivalent of Silicon Valley almost mm-hmm. by the end of this. But uh, oh god, yeah, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's it's the thing of like, I think there's been like a weird because like science nerds have ruined everything, and there's been like a re- weird reclaiming of like, don't be a luddite. Technology is inherently good because it's progress, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is how Elon Musk has weaseled his way into everyone's lives and is ruining everything. <laughs> um, but uh, we forget that like technology was like a very threatening thing for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's literally like I mean that's why in like the Great Dictator he's very specifically like machine men with machine minds, you know? Yeah, calling out Hitler's fascism, which is kind of what Hitler was trying to do, trying to turn the workforce into you know robots. But when when people like Jeff Bezos do it, we call that innovation. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I fucking hate the world. (laughs) I know, it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, But you you bring up an interesting point, and, you know, like, by the end of this episode, we we do see, like, uh, Varric starting to experiment on uh, the spirit vines for Kuvira. And, like, you Mm -hmm. know, they're literally using, like, technology to like reshape nature for their own like benefit and uh, we'll find out what that is for later obviously but it's uh, a lot of interesting threads so far and there's kind of a falling out between uh, Bolin and Mako in this pretty episode. big one because Bolin yeah. sides with fascism <laughs> yeah because he's a he's a bit of a dope the the Bolin yeah. Mako siblings what are their last names I wasn't gonna call them the blank siblings but like you know, like, with a name, but what are the last names? I definitely know this, and I'm not Googling it right now. Okay. Because um, I know we don't get last names for everyone. Like, I, Katara doesn't have a last name. Um, Aang doesn't I, have a last like name. the wiki doesn't give him one. Okay. Um, the Fire Ferret siblings, I'll just call them. Nuktuk. <laughs> I miss Nuktuk. I mean, I miss Nuktuk too. I don't want that story to overstay its welcome, but I do genuinely miss Nuktuk. <laughs> the further adventures of Nuktuk. Yeah. If they use Nuktuk to promote the upcoming seasons of the series, of w- whatever iteration of Avatar they come up with, yeah. I will lose my mind. I will great. pay for Paramount Plus. <laughs> That's all they'll get me. I should say that once again, Kuvira is like, I'm, I'm, I'm establishing the Earth Empire, and everyone claps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whenever someone says empire in a positive like manner, don't, don't clap for them. That's a bad this thing. Is, this is how democracy dies, with thunderous applause. Oh my god. <laughs> this raises some questions. Mm-hmm. All right. So democracy exists in the Avatar universe, right? Yeah, but it is a new concept. Like, yeah, it, I understand it's a. It's a yeah. I understand it's a new concept. Um, the pres the president is elected democratically. 
We still have a Fire Lord, right? Mm-hmm. I understand that we still have a Fire Lord. Like, fine. The old institution, whatever. The the Earth Kingdoms, I don't understand how that government works at all. But... I, I got nothing, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the Earth Queen dies. And our, our group of Tenzin and other people... <laughs> Doesn't think about maybe trying to instill democracy? That wasn't a discussion at all? I don't know. As much as I like the three-year jump, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit where it's like, should we let the people govern themselves or should we do the right, do what is written in law and just continue the monarchy? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, they aren't trying to force someone onto the throne as a usurper. It's like, well, this is the next person in line for the Earth Kingdom. We should return the Earth Kingdom to what it was. Um, and I'm just interested that no one seemed to ask if democracy was an option. <laughs> Maybe toss in a line or two at the beginning of the season when yeah. they all reunite. <laughs> Hell, you uh, yeah. to be like, hmm. you know, maybe like the people don't even totally want democracy yet. I mean, we also live in a world. I've we've grown up under the American Empire, which has made it uh, has lied about how we're trying to spread democracy everywhere. <laughs> so, like, a lot of us have grown up believing that everyone everywhere just immediately wants democracy. Mm. You know, I don't know what the uh, the I don't know how that should be handled. I guess I should say. Personally, I think democracy is a good idea. <laughs> I think many would agree with you. Yeah. I maybe think not we, the royal family. but I think uh, maybe not people in the U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, more democracy is the better option. If you can solve a problem by making things more democratic, I think that's the, thing, the direction we should go. Um, but you know, there's that balance of like, you know, democratic, you know, popular rule. But then what if the popular group decides to oppress, you know, a minority group, which has happened in a lot of democratic history, uh, ideas not really explored on this show in a world where democracy exists. Like it's one thing where it's like, if we go to like fucking game of Thrones world where it's like, they don't really have an idea of democracy yet, you know? Mm hmm. They're still dealing with monarchies, so it's 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 a constitutional oligarchy at the end of that show is a step forward, even if it's not good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, it's still a step forward, and better than just every other fantasy series, which ends with the right king ending up on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just you know I want to know what Tenzin was thinking. Not a lot of Tenzin in this season. Um, yeah, so no, he he's definitely more of a like a. He's kind of relegated again to like a political figure, like just kind of calling shots almost. Yeah. Because you you got to remember too, he's also like a member of the Jedi Council now, basically, because the Airbenders have kind of become yeah, like now a nation the Jedi's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wandering around and trying to keep the peace. And you know, to your point, there's another story there where it's like, well, maybe some of those Airbenders are are starting to usurp their power for their own good too. Yeah. You know. And you can go all these interesting directions with the show. So, all that being said, I want to give them more credit for be able being able to tell like a story that's moderately more concise, and um, it it brings up far more than I think it gives credit for. Mm-hmm. Like 
from uh, maybe critically at the time. And I am definitely open to maybe a little more introspection with uh, the political stuff in the future, now that we know there's more stories uh, coming from this universe. I'm sure they'll handle it well. <laughs> hey, I'm sure look, Paramount uh, Plus will let them do what they want. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, that's another thing. But hey, they have a better track record than like a lot of other franchises, you know? Yeah, but... Uh, actually, I mean, I guess, that means I nothing. Guess... That means nothing, but still. I guess Avatar did have its Phantom Menace with uh, the M. Night movie. Mm-hmm. I was going to say this show hasn't had the Phantom Menace yet. But, you know, like it's that thing of, like, I was joking years ago about how J.K. Rowling was going to be the next George Lucas. And she's so much worse. Yeah, she's so much worse. And it was, like, one of those things where when I look back, I was like, that was unfair to George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know. But that not... thing of like, I mean, when, it, it was still bad when she was just constantly updating the lore of her franchise, mm-hmm. you know, and being like the one dominant voice when it was very clear that what everything that has come out since the book series needed like other voices yeah. and not just hers. Although now the best option would be for her to go away. You're not a fan of the Fantastic Beasts? And where to find them. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I am not. <laughs> New I haven't I haven't seen that. Commander? Is that his name? I had forgotten it, so credit to you. Applause, sir, for remembering that, because I, I had no recollection. I don't even know if that's right. <laughs> no, no, that sounds right. It sounds like a Harry Potter it name. Sounds close enough. Yeah. And those horrible crimes of Grindelwald. How about Still those crimes? No. All the crimes, Diego. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Depp... Uh... He gives a speech in the second movie about how he wants to stop the Holocaust from happening. I've heard about that. Um, I'm never watching it, but I have heard about that. The crime of Rindelwald. <laughs> well, I, I think some of his crimes were on camera, and I think a lot of his fan base forgets about that. Hey, you know. <laughs> Anyways, so... In, uh, in in the coronation, we also get a little bit more of a tough. She's trying to help Cora, but Cora is also not really helping herself in a way, and yeah. and and that's like it's it's a tragedy. Like the, the show frames it, I think, properly in that it's uh it's not as easy as like, oh, okay, you'll help me. All right, let's get over this together. And it's like, well, no, it's not that easy. It's a well, it's Toph, a process. It can come across like Toph is just giving like tough love which I don't think is what she's doing. I think what she's just doing is that like Cora is very clearly looking for like, again, I can relate to this where it's like, you're looking for that moment, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, ah, yes, now everything's clear <laughs> and now everything's easy and fine. And, uh, talks very much like that's, that doesn't happen, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a hard and lesson to learn, but it's an important one. Yeah. And of course that's physically represented by still having some residual metal poison Inside of Korra, and yes. she can't fully remove it because Korra's still, like, too scared by everything that's happened to, like, allow it to pass through her. And Toph's like, what can you do with that? Whatever. <laughs> like, I, I have to bring up, uh, there was an interesting, I guess, meta moment on this, which felt like it was kind of coming down on the fans a little bit. Did you Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, when she's talking about, like, other adventures they went on. No, like that, no, well, right? that's 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 a little later. 
Okay. Um, but th- no, this time Toph is like trying to train with her and things aren't going well. And Toph's like, of all the avatars I've worked with, you are by far the worst. <laughs> I've only worked with two, but still. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of like a message to the fandom that's like, hey, you know. <laughs> like, hey, shut up. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never read it as that, but I like that. Yeah. I feel like the show did a lot of that. Yeah, and you know what? Good for them. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really, like, rude or anything. It was just kind of like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like, hey, just remember, this isn't the same show. I'm glad everyone listened. Yep. I'm telling you, this is going to be the thing where, like, Korra is suddenly going to be embraced 100% by the fandom the next, the moment a new series comes out and is hated. Yeah. It happened with the Star Wars prequels. I've been talking to other people. It's going to happen with the Matrix sequels. It's it's totally. Yeah. Although that might not... It might be a little different for the Matrix sequels just because it's the same uh, people, basically. You know? But, I mean, the same thing happened with Star Wars, you know? That's what my mind goes to. Mm. Yeah, what I'm saying is that, like, everyone has, like... You have to have the the moment, the the original sin that, like, fucks up whatever thing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So for people where it's like, well, with the prequels, George Lucas is to blame. Because on the originals, it was George Lucas collaborating with other people. And then for the prequels, it's just him. So he's to blame, right? Yeah. And then when he got to the sequels, it's, well, George Lucas was the architect of Star Wars. (laughs) And without his input, that's why the sequels fail. Like You have to have that original sin moment, I always say. Like, well, so it's the, only it's only Lana Wachowski, not yeah. Lana and Lily Wachowski. But I don't think that's enough. Like, okay. I think it's one of those things where it's like because it's still a Wachowski project, it's there's not that clear demarcation, you know? Okay, okay. They don't have we'll, a Kathleen we'll Kennedy to hate. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. I've uh, I've been I'm preparing myself for that eventuality. Mm-hmm. This fall i guess it's happening i'm just preparing myself for a good fucking movie no no i mean i'm super looking forward to it but i'm i'm uh i'm ready to shut out the internet for a little while after that Mm -hmm. just so i can enjoy it and i don't i don't allow myself to get caught up in the discourse do you think david lynch's dune will be embraced after the new Dune drops (laughs) yeah totally they will finally get an official three hour release no oh no that would be interesting Totally, um, no. it's out there. You can get it. Wait, really? I've I, yeah, people have posted what the like fuck? Three, yeah. What? Yeah, it's not okay. legal, but oh okay. Well, I never do anything illegal, so I don't hey. know if I can do that. Come on, AT and T owners of Warner <laughs> Media, <laughs> get your head in the game. Chapter 4, The Calling. <laughs> Chapter 4, AT&T owners of Water Media. <laughs> uh, Tenzin sends Jinora, Iki, and Milo to go search for Korra now that they all know that Korra is nowhere to be found. And this episode is really just focused on those three. There's a little bit of Korra in there and, and Toph. It's a nice but episode for them. I like it. I I really liked it. Yeah. And I almost wish there were more opportunities for those kids to shine because they've been consistently entertaining and there's a lot of touching moments with them throughout the series so far. But that is really great. I think that they finally have like an episode to themselves. Yeah. 
and the sibling dynamics are tons of fun. And I love how it's like it feels, split up between them. It almost feels like a throwback to some of the episodes from the first season, first series. I mean, where that the fans hate because they don't push the plot forward, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I love, um, like the episode with the trial that I really like. <laughs> Avatar Day. Yeah. That Which makes it very... to the bottom five of every ranking except for ours. Yeah. There's a very specific uh, reference to it in uh, in this. At least it felt like it where, because that had the joke where Aang is thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. And then he's like locked up in the, I don't know what that's called, but that thing that they put prisoners in. And he's talking to the other prisoners and he just kind of like slips out because he wasn't really trapped in it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Icky, Icky does that where uh, she's all tied <laughs> up and then like just like reveals like she's not actually tied up. <laughs> yeah, that I love that moment. I love all this stuff with them, but I, that moment in particular like really got me laughing. And those two I love guards that... were basically like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> they had strong Laurel and Hardy vibes. Uh, and I love that Milo's consistent like. Like he thinks very highly of himself, but he's yeah. he's got a good heart. But he's also like, I'm a man now, <laughs> and he, he like tries to get himself like a love interest on the side, and yeah. like then he's like, oh, like love of my life gone forever. Let's say he eats berries that make him sick. <laughs> yeah, like it's great, it's fantastic, and of course, Janora is the like the older sibling, but uh very like in touch with her spiritual side and stuff like that and all of this was great i love this episode i'm really glad this is the one we're ending on not that i don't think kylie of the next episode next time we talk but um this was a treat and i wanted to end on this one because i think this provides a nice little closing like chapter for reintroducing everyone to the the world in the final season cora appears to be able to move on at least for now from her previous traumas and uh, we can really get the plot kicking in the next episode. This was a lot of character stuff and I'm glad they started it this way. Diego is making this argument at you, the audience, and not to me because <laughs> I didn't agree with this. <laughs> you know what? But I, I think it's pretty fair. Hey, because... if you type Newt Scamander into Google, one of the first results is when did Newt Scamander die? <laughs> <laughs> is that real? Yeah, why not? Oh, that's beautiful. Because yeah, because you know he's dead by the time of uh, Harry Potter and shit. He's a it magi is... zoologist. Oh, fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, why would that need a magic name? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think also cryptozoologist is right there. Yeah, that's, uh, whatever. Um, Man, cryptocurrency has ruined cryptozoologist for me. <laughs> that should have been the sign we shouldn't have trusted it. No, well, duh, yeah, of course. Because Bigfoot doesn't exist either. Mm. Sorry, oh, we, people. No, it's fine. But we, we didn't mention that this is the same swamp uh, with those roots to the like rest of the world and like the swamp from the previous series. Oh, but yeah. That, that's where they are. That's where they are. They're from the Empire Strikes Back swamp. Yeah, the swamp where they ran into the Game Grumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that um, the swamp? I don't even remember. No, it is. It is. It is. Um, but I think there's this really interesting idea where that, like, you know, those Cora... guys are dead. <laughs> oh, they're totally dead. Uh, I think their civilization, quote unquote, got wiped out. In yeah, the, the I think they literally years. died five minutes after the first series ended. 
point about like, oh, it's so beautiful that before rediscovering yourself, <laughs> no, Korra, as the clear. avatar. The swamp game grumps are dead. <laughs> I like that Korra has to reconnect with the world before she can reconnect with herself. That's what I wanted to say. Very beautiful, and, boy. <laughs> and that Toph um, helps Korra uh, remove the poison from herself. Um, by encouraging her, not doing it for her. Mm. And she can finally re-enter the Avatar state. Uh, the the airbending children reunite with her. It's very touching. Everyone cries. And they go to stop Kuvira. And Toph is like, finally, <laughs> everyone can leave me alone again. And it's a nice closing chapter to the beginning of the final season. Yes. I think I can cut out about half an hour of this episode. Yeah, then it would be an hour episode. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty good. So listen, you idiots, join the Patreon and hear <laughs> all the other thoughts, including the, like, hour-long preamble we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can hear me talk about the Dark Knight Rises and how... Or Dark Knight Returns, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good comic. Talked about everything. We We kind of did. We're solving the world's problems over here while well, all you fucking sheeple... Just going with the flow. <laughs> We're talking about children's cartoons and issues that really matter. Like Earth Kingdom girl bosses. Yeah, and the dead <laughs> dead game rooms. <laughs> Matt, do you have any final thoughts before we close out today, then? Um... Fuck Sky Motors oh my God. of Pennsylvania. <laughs> they sold me a shitty Jeep, and it's been a nightmare. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's been fucking dragging my life down, and my life was already pretty down, so. <laughs> All right, well, next time we're talking the next four chapters, Enemy at the Gates, The Battle of Zaufu, Reunion, and Remembrances. Everyone's favorite episode. Matt, where can the people find <laughs> you? That was uh, that was ominous. <laughs> Get ready, folks. <laughs> are we, all right, what are the chances? Because I have not revisited uh, Remembrances in however fuck long. What are the chances that we end up defending it? Mm, probably pretty high, honestly, given our track record. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is something, you know, it's a little different. You know, and there is like that's a genuine production thing that we kind of have to talk about too. Yeah, because there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very similar to something that happened with Star Trek, right? Kind of. Didn't yeah. TNG have that same problem. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think. Oh. There you go, another franchise that maybe needs to leave its characters behind. But Matt, where can the people find you? <laughs> What are you talking about? Picard is airing right now. Star Trek Picard. Star Trek Picard. <laughs> no, I got it, yeah. Fucking bounce something back. I, I saw the first episode. Aren't we all loving Star Trek Picard? I saw the first episode. Discovery's gotten a little better. I, I've heard. I've heard it's finally, like, growing, which like is Like I nice. said, I think the hysterical thing is that, like... Akiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman are now kind of distracted with Picard, so then the show gets better. Good. Sorry, Patrick Stewart. Socialist king. 
But you yeah. have to be the sacrificial lamb for it's Star Trek to continue. Well, because the one thing I fucking want is for the Star Trek universe to go forward, and they're doing it in just the lamest way possible. But... Yeah, well, it's almost, like, safe. It seems bold on the surface, but yeah. it is kind of like, oh, so we don't have to touch that specific period. Yeah, because it's fucking... This whole fucking thing is run by cowards. Yeah, I actually agree with you this time. Wall to wall, cowards everywhere. All right, Matt. The cowards the just hiding in the. For the third woodwork. time, where can the people find you? Well, there's no cowards on my Twitter. Oh my god. <laughs> That's not true. I retweet a lot of you idiots. <laughs> um, there's less cowards on my Twitter. How's that for a compromise? Emperor Tian One. At uh, Twitter.com. I'm yeah, also just on links Twitch. down below. I'll put that link up too. All right. And you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where you can get early access to the rest of the final book for Legend of Korra and the rest of the other books and all that jazz. A lot of exciting stuff. And I think Matt and I are, are we, we, we've shot back some ideas about a future retrospective. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what comes of it. But thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.